I want to tell you that in these last days, we better be a people of wisdom. Daniel looked down the tunnel of time and Daniel said, those that do know their God in the last days are the ones who will be strong and do exploits. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. The Bible has not only its heroes, but also its unsung heroes. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're starting a brand new series I'm calling The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. Very few people would be unfamiliar with the story of David and Goliath, or of Samson, Abraham, Moses, or of Gideon. But many of the greatest acts of heroism recorded in Scripture were carried out by people whose names are not well known. This is why I brought this series to explore the lives and stories of the great unsung heroes of the Bible. You may be about to hear some names you're not familiar with, but whose stories will inspire your faith to new heights. So let's go right to the first message and take a look at David's Mighty Men. I believe God wants us mighty in spirit. I noticed long ago that in Luke 180 and Luke 240, we're told that John the Baptist and Jesus grew mighty in their spirit man. We're real big on going to curves and going to gyms and getting muscular. But let me tell you, in the Bible, there was a great emphasis on being mighty in your spirit man, being a Hercules in your spirit man. And that's what these three mighty men were. Now, in the Bible, there are many unnamed men and women. We don't know them. You didn't know those names more than likely when I just read them. They were the great unnamed. And here's the thing about them. If they had not done what they did, the great people of faith in the Bible we do know about would never have done what they did. They needed these great unnamed, unsung heroes of the Bible to do what they did because it empowered them the Davids, the Joshuas, the Isaiahs, the Peter, James, Paul, Johns, to do what they did. And the, the message here is that God needs everybody in the body of Christ. We all need one another because I can't do what I'm called to do without you. And you need me. We need one another. This is not a one-man show or a five-man show. It is a team effort to reach our world for Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you like a broken record, we're going to take the word to the world. But we're going to do it as a team. We're going to do it together. Because I may be up here speaking, but out here are mighty men and mighty women who are prayers and witnesses and supporters and strong in God who help make this church what it is. And I mean that with all of my heart. I need you. And so we notice here that these men, these mighty men, gathered themselves to David. As a matter of fact, the day came when David knew, I'm going to have to get out of the presence of Saul. 
He had killed Goliath. He had become a national hero overnight. Everybody knew the name of David. They had a hit song on their top 40 list that Saul did not like. And the song said, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And all the women were singing it. And it says, from that day forward, Saul looked at David with the green-eyed monster staring out of his eyes. He was jealous of him. He grew to hate him. And one day, finally, David had to flee. And as he fled, we noticed these men gathering themselves around him. And the Bible says that the first ones that got around him were a real motley crew. They were not the kind that you would want to gather around you in this dark hour. It says in 1 Samuel 22, verse 2, it describes them. Look at this description from the Holy Ghost in the Word. Everybody who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered themselves to David. Think about that. The distressed, the indebted, the disconnected, the disenfranchised, the discontents, malcontents, the unhappy. As a matter of fact, the word discontented is taken from a Hebrew word that means bitter. So we could say that the distressed and the indebted and the discontented and the bitter, the murmurers, the complainers, the unhappy, gathered themselves around David, who was now in the wilderness, living in caves, sleeping in the open field, always with one eye open, lest Saul sneak up on him and take his life. What a bunch. Think about that. This was not the cream of the crop of Israel. This was not the social elites, the who's who's. These were the nobodies. These were the ones that were not happy with Saul's kingdom at all. And they were looking for an answer. They were looking for a guide. They were looking for a purpose. They were looking for meaning in their life. Like some of you today and some of you listening by radio, I am convinced that people all over America, because of the culture that we live in now, where we are told that we are byproducts of an uncaring, apathetic, cold, evolutionary process that spit us into time, and we have no real meaning, no real purpose, no real design, no real anything. We're just here to kind of survive, survival of the fittest, get by until we die, and then return to the dust. But that's not my God. My God says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. You are not a product of evolution. You are a creation of Almighty God. And He's got a purpose for you. And I would shout that from the housetops. I wish I could say it on ABC, CBS, NBC, and CNN, and MSNBC. That we are created for a reason. Everyone in here has a purpose. And these men were mad at life. They were bitter. They were disenfranchised. They were not impressive, but they heard about David, who had been a hero in the kingdom. And then suddenly he was a zero. Saul was slandering him all over the kingdom. The women got a new song, and it was, don't let your sons grow up to be like David. He was demonized by Saul. His reputation was ruined by this jealous king. He was sleeping in caves. He was hiding day and night. 
Always one step ahead of Saul and his army trying to wipe him out. And these men heard about him and they said, well, he's like one of us. So I'm going to go gather myself to David. So what I like about this story, and I want you to catch this, is that this is such an incredible picture of you and me and Jesus. Because you see, David's a type of Christ in the Old Testament. When you read about King David, he's a type of Jesus. And David, a type of Christ, took these men, these bitter, disenfranchised men who were very much like you and me, and he transformed them into mighty men. What a testimony to this man named David. We see them here at the beginning, bitter and angry at life. We see them at the end, mighty men performing exploits of faith, helping David take the kingdom, defeating the enemies of God. What happened between here and there that made these men mighty? Can I tell you today that our David is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ does with us what David did with them. David looked at them and said, I see the way you are, but it's not the way you're going to be when I'm done with you. And Jesus looks at you and me and says, I see the way you are, but I don't see you that way for long. I see what you're going to be. He looked at Simon Peter and said, you've been called Simon, but I'm telling you, you're going to be a rock. And you're going to be a rock that I'm going to build my church on. And he looked at those that he called and he said, I see what I'm going to make you. You follow me and I'm going to make you to become something you would never have been without me. Can I tell you, church, we're here to preach and minister a God who changes people. We're not preaching a religion. I don't want a religion. We're preaching a Christ who changes lives who gives us a meaning and a purpose and a design and a destiny. And he makes us to be something we would never have been without him. Can I tell you, I look at you and I see mighty men and I see mighty women. I don't care what your past was. I know what your future is. If you follow Christ, here's the God we preach. What a beautiful picture of our own salvation because most of us were in some way distressed just like these men were distressed prior to knowing Jesus. We, I was distressed. I was looking for answers. We were indebted like they were. They were in debt. They owed money, but we owed more than money. We owed a debt of sin that we could not pay. We needed someone to wash our sins away. And we couldn't do it ourselves. We owed God millions and millions and billions and trillions in sin debt. But the good news is that when Jesus died on the cross and his crimson blood spilled down that cross, then your sin and my sin was canceled out and God said, debt free, debt free, debt free. And we were certainly discontented and bitter at things. We thought to ourselves, there's got to be more to life than this. We were just like these men who gathered themselves to David. Now, when I look at them, I see something. You want to know how they were changed? And you want to know how you and I are really changed? Here it is. We find first, the Bible records that the change in these men began when they made David captain over their lives. You see, the whole kingdom of Israel knew who David was. He was a national hero before he was a national zero. They all knew who he was. But guess what? Out of all the members of that kingdom of Israel that day, only 400 men at that time made him their captain. And Jesus said, wide is the gate. 
and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are going to go down that road. But narrow is the way, straightened is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. There's always a minority out of a majority that make Jesus their captain. But can I tell you, the day you make Jesus your captain is the day that you are in for radical change. And I don't know about you, but I want radical change in my life. I want to be like him. There's nothing more beautiful than being like Jesus, more powerful than being like Jesus. I want to think like him. I want to walk like him. I want to talk like him. I want to love like him. I want to have patience like him. I want grace on me like him. I want favor with God like him. I want to walk with Jesus. But to do that, he's got to be captain. They said, you know what, David? We're a motley bunch, but we're going to make a change. And it's going to begin with, you're our captain. From now on, you're our guide. Where you go, we go. And we want you speaking into our life. We want you sharing with us how you live life. Because we see the anointing of God on you. We know there's favor on you. And even though you're running from Saul, we know one day you're going to be king. And even though today Jesus is rejected and despised in this culture, one day he's going to be king over all the world. It's the same thing. So they said, David, speak into our life. Where you go, we go. Where you stay, we stay. We're going to follow you, leave hearth and home, family, everything, to be your servants and you are captain. Folks, there comes a day when Jesus has got to be the captain of your life, the Lord of your life. It's not good enough to say, well, he's my savior and I've got a ticket to heaven. No, no, no. When you got the ticket to heaven, you also got a Lord and a captain of life and living for here and now. And I don't believe there's any such thing as being saved and he's not the Lord of your life instantly. We never make him Lord. He's already Lord. It's only a matter of us realizing it and saying, now, Lord, lead me and guide me and bless me. I'm going to go wherever you go. That's these men with David. But it didn't stop there. We noticed that not only did David become their captain, but they also strongly supported his kingship and sought to promote it everywhere. Listen to the word. They the mighty men, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. They said, boy, you're such a good captain. We want the whole land to know what we know. We want the whole world to experience what we're experiencing. Folks, can I tell you something about you today and myself? You and I are contagious. We are contagious with the life of God. He has called us to not just make him our own captain, but then to spread and promote his kingship to the entire world. I want to see Jesus ruling as king over New York, king over California, king over Chicago, king over Texas. See, they said, we like you so much. We want to promote your kingship over the entire land. And have we not been called to do the same thing? Jesus said we are to make disciples of all nations. Their target was Israel, but our target is the whole world. As a church, we're going to take the word to the world. You know why? 
Because we're going to spread the kingship of Jesus. You know why? Because where he goes, peace goes. Where he goes, healing goes. Where he goes, people are delivered. Where he goes, there is joy. Where he goes, the guns are put down and we love one another. Where he goes, God is glorified and the devil is vilified. Where he goes, there is joy in the house. I love seeing the bound get set free. It says, Jesus went about everywhere doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Our church is all about promoting the kingship of Jesus to the whole world. Will you go there with me? Will you go there with me? Uh, I said, will you go there with me? Oh, I'm excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the best thing happening in this entire world. I love seeing the bound set free and what happens to them when a frown turns into a smile, when sorrowful countenances receive joy. I love seeing somebody stand up and testify, I once was bound, but now I'm free. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I love it. So these men became evangelists for the kingship of David. But then there was more with them. These men who had made David their captain soon discovered that in doing so, they had been drafted into a war. They had been drafted into a battle. David was a man of battle, a man of war. He was called to war. God had anointed him and appointed him to establish a nation. And to establish that nation, giants had to be defeated. And he was always at war with these giants. And these men basically said, since you're our captain, your battle is my battle. Your cause is my cause. Your enemies are my enemies. David, if they don't like you, they don't like me. And if they don't like me, they don't like you. We are one now. We're in this battle together. And here is where these mighty men distinguish themselves. And even though their warfare was with sword and spear and they were fighting in a real flesh and blood war, it was still spiritual warfare because David had been anointed by God and his kingdom had been ordained by God and the establishment of Israel as a nation was the will of God. So behind the flesh and blood war, there was a very real spiritual warfare going on. And folks, here's the way it is with you and me. Since Jesus is now our captain, can I inform you today that you are not a bench warmer, but you have been drafted into a battle. It's the Lord's battle, and his battle is now our battle. His enemies are our enemies. His cause is our cause. If he's attacked, I'm attacked. If I'm attacked, he's attacked. If you're attacked, I'm attacked. If I'm attacked, you're attacked. Because we're in the same battle, the same war, and who is it against? It is against the enemy of our soul. It is against the enemy. Jesus went about everywhere doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So we're in a battle. We're in a warfare. It's spiritual in nature. And here's where these mighty men stepped in and helped David become all that he could be in the days of the kings. Now the first man, the chief of David's mighty men was Adino, who was a Tachmanite. He raised his spear against 800 men who he killed in one encounter. This wasn't 20 battles, just one. 
And in one encounter, he took down 800 men. Now, I listen to that, and my logic says, that's not possible. How could that be that one man defeated 800 soldiers, trained for battle, trained for war? How could that be? Well, we're given a little bit of insight into how it could be in his name. You see, his name, Tachmanite, he was a Tachmanite, means one who possesses insight and practical wisdom. Now I want to talk to you about the importance of wisdom. Wisdom is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. We've got a whole nation filled with knowledge, technological knowledge, geographical knowledge, aeronautical knowledge, but we don't have wisdom. Wisdom is different from knowledge. This man had practical insight and wisdom. Here's what it means. If you wage war against an enemy, whether seen or unseen, you need to know what to do and when to do it and who your enemy actually truly is. If you don't know who your enemy is, you will never defeat your enemy. And this is where wisdom comes in. Adino was the chief among the three because he understood the battle and he understood who he was up against. And he possessed the wisdom, the insight to defeat 800 men at one time. Adino combined strength with wisdom. Church, I've known strong people who had no wisdom. And I want to tell you that in these last days, we better be a people of wisdom. Daniel prophesied. Daniel looked down the tunnel of time. And Daniel said, those that do know their God in the last days, knowledge, wisdom, those that do know their God will, are the ones who will be strong and do exploits. We need the wisdom of God. I'm praying for wisdom in my own life like I've never prayed for wisdom before because I believe the church is going to need great wisdom in the days that are coming and we're going to have it. Because the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and does not upbraid them for asking, and they will receive it. God gives wisdom. Paul had this wisdom. Paul was a great warrior because Paul had wisdom. He understood his enemy and showed you and me who the enemy really is. He said, you think you're up against flesh and blood. You think you're fighting your spouse. You think you're fighting your boss. You think you're fighting your children. You think you're fighting people who are persecuting you and coming against you. But Paul said, no, no, no. You're not really battling flesh and blood. But behind the people that are coming against you and hindering you and pushing up against you and deterring you and hindering your walk with God, there is a spiritual force. Well, I hope our message on David's mighty men blessed and inspired you like it has me. I know that for me, it's encouraging to know that you don't have to be in the limelight to do something great for God. And even when others don't know about you, God does. Now, don't go anywhere just yet. Our announcer has some information all of our Life Talk listeners are going to want to hear. I want to personally thank you for being a faithful listener. You know, we're receiving more and more feedback from around the nation from people thanking us for simply staying true to God's Word. 
And always know, we could not do this without your prayerful and financial help. Be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, David's Mighty Men. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, at Life Talk, we want to stay connected with you and help equip and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. If you'd like to receive e-devotionals and ministry updates from me, go online to lifetalkradio.us and sign up to receive this exclusive Life Talk listener email. When you sign up for the first time, we'll send you a free resource as a thank you for being a devoted Life Talk listener. So go to lifetalkradio.us and sign up for a free e-devotional today. David's Mighty Men is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.